go. Welcome to We Only Talk Hockey. I'm Shane. Opposite me is Mike. And there's a lot of talk about season coming to end, playoffs, seating starting to come into view. So to start off, I just wanted to jump right into uh, congratulating Connor McDavid on reaching 100 points in 55 games, I think was the 55 or 54 was the game that he reached it. Um, which, I believe it was 54, but yeah. then he has two games after, which he scored again. He's up to, I think, 102. It's it's incredible. It's really like, it's one of those things you have to appreciate while you're watching him, how great he truly is. And it was, is like, we were wondering if he was going to, at one point we were wondering if he was going to get it. I think a few weeks ago. And then yeah, it was, I think I was just going to say, I it think was, it was like three or four of weeks when. ago. <laughs> Yeah, and then it was a matter of when he was going to get it. And then it's like on against on Hockey Night in Canada in, against Vancouver, just he clears 100 with still time to spare, like plenty of time, actually. Uh, it's, it's incredible watching how great he how great he is. It's just at all 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 the levels of like as a scorer just an overall play as a skater, overall player, just it's incredible to watch him play. And it's, it's going to be exciting to watch him in the playoffs with that in mind. Yeah, I guess. Truly, it, it truly is. And I think this might be a year where the Oilers finally have a realistic chance at, you know, success in the playoffs, but uh, we'll get into yeah. the West and the North playoff seating uh, a little more later if we have time or next week. Um, and so let's just, um, jump right in let's start with the central division let's start up with the hurricanes and the predators the one and four seed um my personal opinion on this matchup is it's the hurricanes i know the predators have clawed their way back the second half of the season and if we were talking a full 82 length season they might look even better than they do now but their offense is really lackluster they've got great goaltending um I just think Hurricanes power, like offensive power is too much. And they, it's not like they have a terrible defense. So I kind of, it's kind of interesting because the way I see, I guess really the big question for me is because I think, I think you say Soros and net can actually limit the Hurricanes. And I also think that the Predators defense is, is a better defense. I think, I think we can acknowledge that the Predators defense is a good defense. can limit definitely agree. Any offense. So I think the big thing, really, the big matchup here in this series is going to be the Predators' offense. Can they score? Because their offense has been bad against the Hurricanes' defense, which is basically six deep, as in three deep pairings, great goaltending. I, the question, I really am trying to figure out how they can score. And I kind of want to hear, like, what do you think, how do you think the Predators will find offense if they can? And then, like, if they can't, then really it's just like the series is over. So playoffs are playoffs and you never know what the hell's going to happen. You know, it's the way it is. And it looks like the, the Canes might end up with the president's trophy, which tends to be bad luck, but I agree. I think the Predators defense and goaltending is better. Um, But I also, as you mentioned, I don't think the Hurricanes defense or goaltending is a liability per se. I just don't think it measures up. And so I think they'll score, but they won't score tremendously. And I think even if yeah. the Predators defense is better and can limit, um, I think ultimately it'll be, it'll be the, the hurricanes, but there's one exception I've thought of really is 
since it's going to start in Carolina, and this is the way sometimes you'll see series go with these kinds of matchups, a very good defense and a well-round, really good offense with a well-rounded defense is if they can pull an upset game one, I think game one will be the most important. If they can pull an upset or keep it really damn close, like overtime or last five minute goal, shift the game kind of thing. I think it knocks a team that I think personally is going to go in there thinking, okay, we're planning for the lightning or the Panther or the, or Florida. Well, I don't think, I don't see, I don't think them looking ahead necessarily. I just, I do agree that that, that is a, it's a good point that if the predators can steal a game Early. on the road, yeah, then they, they go into the next three games and they're like, Oh, we could actually really control this series. And I mean, that's a good point. I think really on ice though, I think the big thing is the Predators offense has just been really is really looked hapless for most of the season. And it's hard. It's hard to see which lines or which skaters can really find openings against that Hurricanes defense. The Hurricanes, they may not, they may not win the president's trophy. They may win it, whatever. They might be the most complete team that nobody's talking about that. Nobody's really giving credit for in this, in the field. And it's hard to see. And that's really where I think this, what the series is going to come down to. I think, I think, and this is where, and that's really, and that's really what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know what you, I don't know, like what else you see the predators like doing, but like, you probably would agree that they're, you probably thinking. That not much hurricane. to be completely honest. I did not think they were going to pull it out and make that last seed. Uh, I really thought Dallas was on their heels enough. And I really thought Dallas would catch them. Um, they had a bad stretch, not necessarily bad stretch of games. They had they had harder matchups down the last couple games, and they fell behind a couple points. Um, but yeah, what, I, I guess, like, uh, really, the only thing I could see happening is if if Roman Yossi can be a force from the point, and just if him, you have Matt, you have Matt Benning, you have uh, I think Robbie Fabro, like you have pieces on the defensive side. That can potentially, if they can get good shots from the point and make plays from the point, you could you see them just expose. It's hard to see them doing that for seven games or really for four games. And like, yeah, my prediction, I th- I think it's Hurricanes in five. What do you? I mean, I don't know if you like would like to add to like. So uh, I just that. quickly want to add to what you mentioned about Roman Yossi, and it's actually I forgot, but it was something I was thinking earlier today mm-hmm. was that if this becomes a really dirty series, and I don't mean dirty as in illegal, I mean like mucking and whatever, you get more penalties, even though the playoffs, they're less called. Yeah. Chippy, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then like, if that happens game one, usually that takes to around game three to happen till you go to the away, the underdog, the lower seated teams to really start to see that. But if the predators can come out with that mentality and make it a, a brawl, essentially, not physically, but make it a tough, scrappy, chippy game and get some penalties, they will also take some. But if get some power plays, that is where I think their defensive firepower in Roman Yossi will be the most effective when they're not necessarily having to worry about Sebastian Ajo, Svechnikov, or whatever. If they can tilt the battle of the power plays and make it a really chippy series... And in game one, steal that game one, you can make it like the, you can almost make it to an effect of 
now they feel like, holy crap, we just got hit by a truck. What do we do almost? Well, it is interesting you mention that if they could slow, almost slow down the series and make it a power play penalty series, because I think that actually helps. It's a high risk car. The Predators have yeah. <laughs> to be risky in the series. They have to take chances because even if you do, you run that risk, you give yourself a chance, but you really open the window to, for every game to be a 5-1 blowout just because the, pre, they, the Hurricanes just are so good in the power play, just so good in space. Sebastian Ajo, you look at uh, Dougie Hamilton at the point, you just look at these, you look at the Hurricanes, and if they you give them power play opportunities, they're just going to take advantage and expose you in those in those games. It's and true. That's but... where I see it. I guess, like, really, what's your... So uh, one last thing, and I'll give my prediction is, so I agree with you. And that's what I was saying. Okay, yeah. They're going to have to be real risky. Uh, if they want a chance at this, they'll have to be risky, but they have the goaltending and the defense to, I think if they can capitalize enough on the power play, they might be able to pull off a couple things. So I'm going to say, I think they've got that in them a little. So I'm going to say Canes in six. I still think the Canes win. Honestly, I just I think it's too much. But I am giving yeah. I'm giving the Predators two or three games. I mean, yeah, I you're you're a little more generous, I would say. I'm really seeing like if the Hurricanes win the first two, which I think they will, you you kind of see the Predators get on the ropes. You, I, I just then I, I see it for nothing. The Predators it really, winning, getting. Yeah, to me, it really comes down like to that. the one. I. Get, I I realistically see four or five, but really five because I think the Predators will win a game at least. But like, it, it's hard to see the Hurricanes losing to a team that, I mean, really to a team that can't find depth offense, which is what is the issue, which is a huge issue in the playoffs, especially. To, it's hard to see them to losing that many games, losing three or losing three or four to a team that can't find depth scoring when they are just the, one of the deeper teams in. in in the in the field if we're if we're being honest and that's where and that's where i see it just being a five game series ultimately. the only reason i don't say i don't care how many games they win it whether it be one two or three they're not winning the series is because it's the nhl and you never know what happens but i really do agree i don't think they'll win and i do think the likelihood probably sways to a four or five game series but i think it all comes down to that first game if that first game looks one way i think it's a four and at best for Predators five game series. But if it looks a certain way, I think they could drag it out a little. Yeah, I, I mean, I really think, yeah, that it's also if you say Soros can catch fire, then of course there's the upset probability increases. It's just a question of like, how much can he, can he endure? It's like, if the Hurricanes can constantly get towards the net, get those open opportunities, get those easy shots on net, which I mean, the Predators will limit that, but like if they if they can just keep get keep enforcing their will, keep imposing their will on them. It's How just long can Soros seeing... stand in a hurricane? Pardon the pun. I don't I don't get that. I'm sorry. Is I is that is that a reference I, to something? I, I was make just move on. I was making a joke about the repeated battering of wind of a hurricane. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, sure. Let's talk about a place with a ton of hurricanes, the state of Florida, which is gonna gonna do like let's deal with the the two teams in Florida, which are it's gonna be a, this is this is a really fun series. Like I think there's a few of them that are in the first round. You kind of on a circle. This is one that really intrigues me. I guess really 
just start by saying that the Panthers, nobody expected them to be as good as they are. And they might be like, they're Stanley Cup caliber good. And the Lightning we expected to be here, but have kind of struggled in, in the end. This is like, this is where the series is kind of set. And we're just going to go back between these two teams. Uh, and, you know, it, the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning is going to be, and they're both talented rosters. And I guess, where do you start with this series? So to start, I think it'll be a long, fun series to watch. Yeah. Um, I think everyone who can should tune in. I know watching every series is really hard for a lot of people. But my thing is, I didn't see this from the Panthers because I think they're on pace for, what, 90-something points, something like that in a regular season. It's close to that. Um, okay. I think um, 80, 90... I didn't see that coming from the Panthers. I thought they would be better. I saw how they were last year. They almost they almost made a push at the end. I thought they'd make it into a four seed or whatever, but no one really knew what this season would look like, um, you know, with the divisions. So I saw them being better. Did not see them being this good. They've blown me away personally. Um, and my thing is, I think, and a lot of people are just going to disagree with me on this, is I think what gives the Panthers, the biggest edge is the fact that Nikita Kucherov is coming back for the lightning. I think that given their recent struggles, adding another player, no matter how great he is not having played all year and then trying to add him into a struggle, currently struggling team, I think mm -hmm. could be a recipe for disaster. It could work great, but. So it's kind of interesting. Cause like, I really am thinking about this matchup. The first thing that comes to mind is how the lightning will play offensively against a Panthers defense, which is, has the depth. Mackenzie Weger is, is by far and beyond the best defenseman on that team. Incredible season from him. And also you look at uh, Chris Strieger, who's emerged as the starter. I, I look at this matchup as the lightning offense versus that defense. That's the first thing I think about. And the big issue is how much, I mean, Nikita Kucherov, how, like, how much of an impact will he make? You don't think he'll make that much of an, as I think he, he's, of course, the huge difference maker where he reignites that offense a bit, particularly in how he plays. But I want, I want to hear, like, more on how you think okay, Nikita so, Kucherov doesn't really help with that case. So I'm, I'm not saying I don't think it helps. I just think the circumstances might yeah. be their undoing. And I'm not saying I think, I think it's probably like a 60 40 that, the adding back of Nikita Kucherov is at least initially a drawback. So without Nikita Kucherov, the way these teams have been playing, would you agree? Let, let me get to this. Would you agree it'd be a six, seven game series anyway, probably? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a close game. It's a close series between two very evenly matched teams. So, I mean, so, that, and that's really where that's, where, that's the truth. Like it's good. Yeah. It's evenly matched teams. So, Six, seven games anyway. So either way, you're affording Florida, uh, Florida, uh, the Panthers. The Panthers. Yeah. You're affording the Panthers at least two to three wins at the least. If you're saying normally it would be a three, a six or seven game series. So my thing is, I would have said it would be a seven game series. And adding mm -hmm. Nikita Kucherov back, I think what could happen is in his first game or two back, it could be an issue with the currently struggling team that might cost them a single game, which I think could flip it. 
is where I stand. I don't think it's like, oh, now Nikita Kucherov comes back, they fall it's apart. Like he subtracts, it's not like he subtracts value from yeah. the team. It's that it's that the gelling, this is, I think, very important where you mentioned, you mentioned, because I think one of the things that I'm thinking about is what line would you play him on? And with that in mind, can he? who do you take off a certain line? Like you talk about Braden Point, you talk about Andre Palat, you talk about Alex Kalorniani, you just, it's a deep roster. And I think whoever you take off a line, you have to replace with Kucherov, who's incredibly talented but has hasn't worked with that line the entire season and doesn't have that necessarily that uh chemistry chemistry if you will and i think with the fact that they're already struggling it bumps up that possibility of there being a little bit of an adjustment period which in a kind of series like this could be costly if they were playing let's say if they had got the one seed and were playing the the predators predators. i think they'd be fine yeah i think I hear, I hear this. I hear the arguments, and I, I, I kind of, I understand that. I understand that, especially in the first few games, we could see the struggling. My thing with Kucherov coming back is because this offense has the talent already. Is when you watch how the Lightning played in the in the bubble, if you will, hub cities, whatever you want to call it. The way the the big thing with Kucherov is his style of play is very easily. You could very. It's more. Easily it's very complimentary. It is very complimentary. I will give you that. Yeah. And I also think what's very big is that what he did was he drew a lot of a lot of skaters toward him. He draws a lot of attention. And in a ser- in any series that he plays in, when you have a playmaker like that, it's a little bit different from a guy who kind of like finds his spot on the ice, like an Austin Matthews, if you will, who kind of finds his spot on the ice to get open and just find an open shot. He kind of like. He kind of like make he kind of draws defenders with the puck. He kind of with his movement. I think that helps with the lightning, particularly when you think of Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman, who could kind of go from the point or find a good spot in the by the faceoff circles. You find he's the kind of guy that can open up the offense a little more. And the question is how how quickly they gel on the whatever line he plays on. But because his because his skill set is very uh complimentary and very adaptable i think that oddly makes the lightning the favorite in this series i think it, it, i think it definitely puts the panthers on the ropes and it makes them it forces them to prepare much differently for this series than they usually than they were probably thinking if without with the throughout the season i think whenever they played the lightning was always a tough game but now it's just a, it's an, an incredibly harder to prepare for a Kucherov additional. So I agree with you. I would like to, first off, you said no one knew when Kucherov would come back. Give props. I mean, we knew he was coming back. Sorry. I mean, give no, 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 no. I agree with you for a while. We didn't know exactly when he was coming back until like a month ago and a half month and a half ago. They're like, Oh, um, we're not saying he's healthy right now, but we're going to keep him out till the end of the season for cap reasons. I I want to, it's sneaky, but it's within the rules, and I love that. I personally love that. But and I think, I think, I think it's interesting. I mean, like, you're, I mean, I'm sure you have more points on this. Is that Mikita Kucherov's been with this team for a while, and the the adaptability is much easier. I think when you're talking about an experience, more experienced. I mean, he came to the league a bit more recently than people think. A, mo- but a you, more, but he's been in the system. You know, he's been in this his entire career. So I agree with you there. And I definitely agree with you on the statement that I think this makes the Lightning a better team overall. Yeah. But 
honestly, I was already thinking I might give this series to the Panthers, and I don't, I don't know. It, it's become really tough. The Nikutrov thing does make it yeah. a really tough decision. But I, I personally, mean, is, I guess, really, do you think? I mean, just like on the Lightning offense versus the Panthers defense, do you think the Lightning can pile on the goals in this series? Which I think they kind of w- would need to do to win this series because i think we'll get i think think we'll you have you have to think about the panthers offense against the lightning defense where i think the panthers could kind of find scoring on the back end of the lightning defense so i kind of want to do you think the the, the lightning can pile on the goals in the series i do but honestly that's not where i think this comes down to but i'll get to that in one second but first let me finish what i was saying before is personally i'm gonna pick the the Panthers in seven. I think this is most definitely probably going to be a seven game series. I would also like to add everyone's calling has called them the favorite all year because they won the cup. I personally never look at it like that. I always, especially look at it as a new season. Um, and so I don't take the last season into account usually, but more than that, if anything, I give a little bit of a detriment to the previous winning team. It's harder. Teams are coming for you all year long. They're hunting for you. They've all got those. This year, it's more because it's eight times versus the players. But in normally, they, yeah. every single team has those calendar days marked off. Okay, we're playing the cup funny. champion. How do we mark? How do we match it's up? Because I actually see the Lightning as the favorite, not just because of the last season, but the year before. Where it's like they've been the class of the uh, – East Atlantic, whatever you want to call, however you want to, like this year it's a central, but like they've been the class of that, of that like division or if you, if you will, or conference, and just the way their the way their team is built, you kind of expect them every year to be in the in the conversation. So it's, I it's definitely similar. think they're in the conversation. I think they got a bad matchup, and I think Florida will surprise us. But here's where my thing is: I think the I don't honestly think it comes down to can they pile on the goals. I think this will be a rather weird series where you're like it's a great goaltending series but the scores are high like they're four or five whatever even though it's a great goaltending series because i think that's these teams my thing is one in this yeah 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 but andre vasilevsky is where i think this series comes down to he's played great all year and he's been a great goaltender for years and there have been uh playoff series where he's been absolutely shut out 40 plus save nights or whatever on a night. One team is super hot. He's just hotter than them. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. He's never really shown to be able to sustain that though. He's been able to do that in a series and get real hot enough to kill a team that's been playing offensively better last year. He didn't need to do that. And I think that's why they won. This year, I think against Florida, he may need to do that. And the question will become, can he sustain that over the course of a series? And I don't know if he can do it for seven games is where I think is, the big issue comes in. It is interesting. You mentioned like how Vasilevsky, I think he's kind of that X factor where I think in the sense that when I look at the Panthers, how they can kind of find score, you think, oh, they're going to find scoring when Victor Hedman's not on the ice, when Eric Chernak not on the ice uh when ryan mcdonough's not on the ice i was blanking on his name for a second but those those guys are the, the top defensemen when they're not on the ice and you kind of get those back end you take advantage of the back end of the defense when they're not on the ice uh when they're on the ice is you could kind of think oh that's when the panthers pile on the goals run up the score and win these games vasilevsky's that that like block where it's like no you can't really do that 
my big thing is it's very cliche to think, oh, Chris Drieger versus Andre Vasilevsky, which one are you taking? But my big thing is throughout this season is as much as Vasilevsky's uh, he's played poorly, I think recently you could say he's played a little worse, is that he is that you watch him, you watch a lot of times when he's playing, when he's on, it's like you score one goal on, on him, that's your goal for the game. That's your goal of the day. That, and it's that's like, what I meant earlier. But I think going into the playoffs, I think for goalies, not always as big of a deal. Recent play for goalies, yeah. we've seen shift drastically going into the playoffs. But I think for a team as a whole, that is a very big indicator. How do you finish the season? And I don't think they finished it well. And I do think that, like, if you asked me two weeks ago, I probably would have called this for the Lightning. But the way they've played recently, I just don't see it ending their way. But it's real close. I could see yeah. it's almost a coin flip to me. I I see this actually. I mean, you've picked Panthers in seven. I'll I'll pick the Lightning in seven. I was leaning towards the Lightning. I mean, throughout this season in the Central Division, you just feel like they're the team to beat. Just because, I mean, even ignoring last year's Stanley Cup, just like the way the roster is built, it's like they have. I mean, the, the Hurricanes have also proven to have a deep roster, but they feel like the team the team to be. I I see the series not only coming down to Vasilevsky versus uh, Chris Drieger. I see the series ultimately you come it comes down to those Victor Hedman goals, those power play goals, uh, and really and really like and really at the end of the day, like those that when you find. For the Lightning, if Nikita Kucherov, the first few games might be a little bit shaky out of the gate. If they could steal one in, well, in Miami, well, just because, I mean, it's in Florida. Uh, if they could steal one game there, then they kind of are in the driver's seat for the rest of the series. And if they can get Kucherov integrated into the lineup, which I, I don't see as tough as a transition as normally it would normally be. That's where I see the series take take shifting into the lightning's favor. I don't know. I can't confidently say the lightning will make it out of the central division yet, but I do see them winning the series in seven. It's going to be a tough series. It's going to be, I think there's some, some games are going to be two, one defensive struggles where the bat, where you find a goal on the fourth line or the third line, but other games is going to be six to five, potentially just like both teams just imposing their will offensively. But I, I ultimately see, it's going to be it's going to be a fun series to watch but i ultimately see the lightning winning in 7 with that in mind i guess yeah uh i guess we should i guess let's first shift over to the penguins and the islanders uh in the east uh which shouldn't be that i mean i'm pretty sure we're both like on the same page in that sense penguins are winning this series <laughs> like i like, mean like i think here but I do think there's an exception because their defense, the Islanders defense is great. Their five on five defense is great. Their power, their penalty kill is great. They, they're a very smothering team. Yeah. I just think the way the Penguins play, I think you get that one chance. Every game you get a chance or two and the Penguins are very good at capitalizing. It's so funny. Cause I think the first thing I think about with the Penguins is that they, it's that their top line is just, it's, it's such an incredible top line. You talk about Brian Russ, Sidney Crosby, Jane Kensel, all three of them have more than 20 goals this season, which I mean, you could do the math for, for a 82 game season if you want, but basically the big picture is 
I see that line being the limited line actually in the series where the Islanders will pay a lot of attention, attention to when they're on the ice. But the big thing is the Penguins, the Penguins have a deeper lineup that's going to take advantage. And people don't talk about the depth that they have in this roster, which is similar to the depth they had when they had made, when those back-to-back cups. And I think that's where they win this. My biggest thing for them was Jeff Carter. Um, Yeah. That was, that was them getting Jeff Carter at the deadline was, I, I thought it was a minor move. I thought it was a minor depth move, which it is in theory, a depth scoring move. It's just turned out, so much better so for that, them that, than I ever exactly would have imagined. Need, no, yeah. Yeah. It's just it it's turned funny. out so much better than I imagined. It's it's so it's it's exactly what I was thinking. Jeff Carter, you talk about Jared McCann, you talk about these skaters all in those in those later lines, especially with uh I don't think Malkin is is going to be ready for the playoffs. You you talk about having Jeff Carter there, it's in it's incredible addition. And that's really that's really I think where the Penguins will first the Penguins to start will get will find those goals whether it's on the odd man rush with Crosby and Brian Russ and Jake Ensel who can capitalize on the odd man rush that's where the best I think or just in the back end I think I think the only the saving grace for the Islanders is that Semyon Varlamov is one of the best goalies as having an incredible year. Ilya Sorokin also is, but he probably won't start any games for the Islanders just because you they kind of will trot out Varlamov for every game. Uh, the other, and they, and that kind of leads to the advantage the Islanders might have is that they could, they, you feel more confident against Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith, but it's not like an overwhelming confidence. And that's kind of like, for that's most- kind of what, for most teams, let's say whoever wins the the other series, I think that'll yeah. be our big talking point. Will be Jari and um, Smith. Smith. In this series, especially since Anders Lee, we knew it'd be an issue. Yeah, they don't have that guy, and they don't. They have scoring, but not. They don't no, have a guy offense. you can count on. You don't have anyone you can count on. What's interesting is is the offense. Yeah, it's not really that you don't have anyone to count. It's that you don't have any line that you can really rely on to score. Like their top line of Matt Barzell, Jordan Eberle, and fill in the blank because they've just been rotating skaters throughout to try to find that right combination to find that right person who filled the Anders Lee role. And it's it's just the top line has fallen off. And then you look at the back end where you think John Gabriel Pajot or Brock Nelson can really step up and fill that void. They can score, but it's not overwhelming numbers where the Penguins really can, are going to have to worry about it. I, I see, I see the Penguins in six. See, I agree. I was, I I thought you were going to say four or five, but I just think because of the Islanders defense, they have to be able to win a game. You know what I'm saying? I think it's actually interesting because I was thinking about matchups when you think about like these teams is that the Penguins match up very well. They've won six games in the, of the eight in the regular season. They match up really well against the Islanders defense, particularly because the Penguins are a speed-based offense and they kind of, they take advantage of space on the ice on yeah. t- when they can turn over. And the Islanders defense, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pollock particularly are great in the defensive zone. They're not necessarily the best, you not necessarily the best defenseman in terms of their skating ability, particularly uh, 
particularly vert uh horizontally skating and no i agree that's what i started off with is i think they'll capitalize even if the islanders play a perfect defensive game everyone a perfect defensive game doesn't mean no mistakes every defense has a mistake or two even if it's not a defensive mistake it could be an errant pass from a a corner to a whatever to a to the defenseman that just gets by him every something a couple things happen every game and i think the penguins are uniquely suited to take advantage of those um they're they're the team that really capitalizes on turnovers and mistakes and i mean i think also really to add to add to that is when you look at you look at the penguins it's when they can get settled in the they're the top pairing of chris letang defensively and cody cc are really no one's talking about how great a season they're both having on the offensive end defensive end alike where they where chris letang everyone knows yeah if he can get a shot from the point or he can make a play from the point he will and he has the season and in a series in a series like this this is where that's also where i think that the penguins are going to kind of dismantle the islanders in this series is from the point chris letang cody cc uh finding open ice and just taking advantage of, of the shots that they're given and like draw helping throughout the score. Yeah. I, I do think it'll, the scores will look a little closer because I do think it's going to come down to those mistaken opportunities and power plays, obviously. Um, So I do, I do believe it'll, it'll come down to that. Um, And so I do think it'll look closer. And that's why I said six instead of five, because I think, there could be a game where they just play really, really well and don't give up as many opportunity of those mistaken opportunities yeah. of turnovers and things. I also, I mean, you mentioned that. I also think about how Barry Trotz's teams, which is very interesting because when they played the Lightning last year, it was clear that they were the lesser talented team. They were down, I think, 3 nothing in that series, but they fought back in two games to get those two games. And they're a team, I mean, Barry Trotz, you talk about his coaching ability. He's going to make adjustments throughout the series. He's going to make adjustments throughout games. So he's going to get, he's going to get the, they're going to win at least two games, I think. But at the end of the, I mean, at the end of the day, we talk about the Penguins offense, just overwhelmingly finding these goals. And the other part is, yeah, the Islanders offense just doesn't look like they can overwhelm the Penguins, especially with the way their offenses looked. And that, and that's, and that's ultimately what it's going to come down to. I think normally, normally, normally you would talk about, oh, this team can capitalize on that. Yeah, but they're canceled out by the other team's goals. It's just not a thing here. I, I see it going to six, but I don't see the Islanders with much upset potential. If they start playing like they were two months ago, somehow without but not having Anders Lee. It's a different story, but I just don't see that as a marginal yeah, likelihood I mean, even. It's it's really, I mean, it's really, there's there's a few things that I think, there's a few skaters particularly that kind of you have to see like, oh, if they could turn a corner on the season, but it's just too many skaters required to do that. I You think about like Oliver Wallstrom, Anthony Beauvillier, John Gabriel Peugeot. There's like all these skaters like, yeah, they're talented, but can they really, can they all turn the corner at the same time to just, to just, uh, to find to shock the on these goals. Yeah. Shock everyone. And, and you just, I don't see, I don't see that. I don't think you see that either. Nah. And that, yeah, I think we both agree. Penguins 
uh penguins and six you, you pick penguins and six yeah i i think it's six um all right so moving on to the last in the east is and this is the, this might be the best one i think so this is all. the capitals and bruins um tonight's game was kind of meaningless actually i mean yeah, super I meaningless um but did the, did the capitals start their i don't think the bruins did, did the, I don't so think the, capitals the bruins did. did not start their roster the capitals mm-hmm. did but it was for a very specific reason it's not even like they could start their whole roster the last two weeks they've been horribly horribly injured they've come out with 11 skaters multiple times throughout the last two weeks. I think Ovechkin just came back. Did he not? Yeah. This was Ovechkin's first game back. And this was the point of why they had most, uh, the skaters who could go, go, you know, because I think it was a matter of, and I think it's also why uh, Backstrom came. If Ovechkin couldn't come back, I think they would have let uh, Backstrom who was also hurt rest another couple days. But I think it was, Backstrom's going to be centering his line. We got to get him out there. He actually had extended playing time tonight. And it was a matter of he's got to feel the game. We've got to make sure he's good to go. I think that's what it was. So I don't think the outcome is nearly as important Important as as what took place. Ovechkin looked healthy after the game. He said, I still feel perfectly fine. We never know what the injury is because the way the NHL works, I personally believe it was a hamstring or a groin because of the way it was healing. He came back one day, thought he was going to be able to play and 39, one shift, 39 seconds in, he couldn't. That's the kind of thing you see from an injury that has no real defined heel point that you can actually see. It's a, it's a feel thing. So I think that was very big for the Capitals. Now the question is, they still have Oshie who got hurt the other night. And then you have Carlson who no one yeah. knows what the hell happened to him, which I think Carlson would be a huge factor. So I think I mean, Carlson's that he's that scoring defenseman that you almost, you almost need in a playoff run like this, because I mean, I guess like on a top, on a side note, is scoring defensemen, you don't want to pay them because they kind of take a huge cap hit and they're not really, they kind of become liabilities in a long season. But in a playoff series, when good def- good offense, good defenses take away good offenses and you very rarely find those scoring opportunities, you need that guy from the point who can kind of like get a good shot on that, create havoc in front of the net. I am, I'm sorry to get off like, off a tangent a bit but almost for a series like this you need that john carlson i almost i know like oh you almost think about with the bruins likewise when they had tory krug and charlie mcavoy together like on two separate pairings just able to create offensive scoring opportunities that was that was that extra factor so so i mean overall i do think it's a matter of health let's assume let's let's assume the the capitals offense this is yeah. This is like the bell. You have to ring a bell every time yeah. you hit it. Like when the Capitals offense is healthy, they're unstoppable. When so they let's, are healthy. Let, let's assume, I assume, and I honestly believe this. This isn't necessarily an assumption. I believe Car- both Carlson and Oshie will be able to play by mm-hmm. Saturday. Will they be fully healthy? Who knows? But I do definitely think Carlson will be more healthy probably. Again, we don't know the injury, but it wasn't a serious enough injury to warrant um, MRIs to warrant um, x-rays or anything of that sort because um, that we are usually informed of. So I do believe he, he's been off for a little while, a couple of games. I think he'll be ready. Oshi, we have no clue what's going on, but I do believe he'll be ready to go. Now, the question ultimately to me is two comes down to two things. 
I don't really care much about Kuznetsov. I just think him coming back is a matter of actually having a fourth center. But the big well, thing I mean, to that, me... That, that's the big thing, I guess. It's really, for me, it's the offensive depth of the Capitals. I'm so, sure you're, I'm sure that's like the yeah. big thing for you. So their depth, I personally think, when, if Oshie comes back and Carlson comes back, mm-hmm. I think their depth is very good. They, their yeah. fourth line has scored. Their third line has been able to score. I think if Oshie comes back and they... And I'll point this out. Peter Laviolette stops screwing with lines and just sets them. <laughs> I think that's one well, thing. Mean, it's been, it's, it's kind of been, a, it's, it, that's one of the interesting things is that this team has been dealing with injuries and the like throughout the season. It's hard to deal. It's hard to figure out a good line. I think I know, now with assuming that they're all healthy, he can kind of set those lines in place for most of the season, except for the very early on, they had a little bit of COVID it, uh, issued they had most of their players it was just he kept juggling so the question is if he sets the lines and keeps them there i think they'll be yeah. fine offensively my big thing comes in will Ilya samsonov be able to play when when will he be able to play um, is he gonna is he the planned starter that's the question i guess so here's my thing i don't know because when he went out the whole thing was okay we're getting ready to name a starter we're that's why we're giving like as opposed to the one game, one game, one game, we're doing two apiece here, there, or whatever. I think they were gearing up to give it to Ilya Samsonov. And so here's my thing. I think he's a better goalie. I think in the playoffs, he has the better potential to catch fire. I think Vanacek is closer to his ceiling by far than Samsonov is. I almost, I, I almost feel like with the, with the Capitals goaltending issue is that it's almost when it comes to the playoffs, if you have two goalies, you have none just because like you need one guy who could carry you. And I feel like I, I honestly, and this is where I'm, what I'm thinking is that I honestly think Ilya Samsonov is that guy. Yeah. He's the more talented goalie. I feel he's the one you should go with. The question is, will they choose to go with him or will they choose to go with, I guess, Vitek Banaschek, who seems to be the more consistent goalie, if that makes so, sense. I don't even know if I would call him more consistent. I would say he's more, he looks more consistent because of his style mm-hmm. of play. But I I personally think the one who would have the chance to actually carry them would be Samsonov. But I think it's the flip side goaltending that's really the big issue. And I I would like to point out a stat that up until this season, the Capitals were something like 18 and three against the Bruins the last 20 odd games. They, it was really lopsided. And this year what ended up happening they played the Bruins mostly without Tuka Rask there. Tuka Rask's record against the Capitals is atrocious. It is four, eleven, and seven. It is. It's. It is interesting to think about the past. This is one of the things I'm thinking about. I'm sorry. Is that like trends almost don't matter because like you look at the Bruins a few weeks ago, you look at the Capitals a few weeks ago. They're two completely different teams from what they are now. I'm sorry. I, I, I agree, but I think that's a less so of a thing with goalies, especially veteran goalies, and. Even yeah. this year, the three games they played, they beat them. The Capitals beat the three games they played against Rest. The Capitals won two, uh, two out of the three. And so mm-hmm. their biggest problem came with Halak. Um, they were 0 2 against Halak. They killed Vladar and they split with uh, Swayman. So I really think the question is everyone's assuming. Rask, it's Rask's job to lose for the playoffs. And I think if that happens, I actually give. Just because his career numbers against the Capitals, the way the Capitals have over time learned to play against Rask, 
um, because it's generally the same core there, I think will be able, I think that will sway things in Capitals' favor. If it gets dirty those first two games and they don't look great against Rask, they have Halak now where in the past they didn't, where I think they might make that decision for against the Capitals, let's go with Halak. But if they don't do that and they leave it up to Rask for the series, I do feel it going Washington's way. I I kind of I kind of first want to start with the uh with the uh, Tukarask and Halak part with the Brew because the Capitals I think they're gonna they're gonna find the scoring on the back end and they're gonna find scoring throughout their lineup. My question um, the big thing is with Tukarask struggling I guess earlier in the season if you will is the Bruins defense is an intriguing part to the to me one entering the playoffs and two throughout the season. Whereas we t- we, in- we know they lost Tori Krug and Char in the off season and it was going to be a transition early on, especially. And then there was the injury bug, which uh, affected the defense throughout the season. I think this, at this point you look at Charlie McAvoy's back and healthy and they got healthy North at Cal- the right time. Yeah. While the Capitals it's, it's, got unhealthy at the worst time yeah. is and where this particularly, is. Particularly defensively where if they could take the load off of Tukarask, just by making it harder to get some shots on net uh, throughout this series, that's where I think this series can swing in the Bruins' favor, particularly if, say, Tukarask's in net, and yes, the Capitals have taken advantage of him in net, but they get let, they can't get as a, clear opportunities on net the way the Bruins' defense plays. That's really what I'm questioning is, I guess, like how the Capitals take advantage of that. So really. I agree. I agree. They could. Um, where I see that falling is who they're playing if this was a similar scenario but with let's say the islanders or the penguins well maybe not the penguins it it would be different if this was the situation but i think the two teams there and especially this season's animosity between them i think there will be power plays of galore i think there will be penalties i think there will be i think it will be a very very I think it will I find that such an intriguing part because like the penalties, if, if the capitals get on the power play, the series is, is almost theirs. That's the thing. I think you're right in the fact that I think they can limit the capitals on five on five, even with Raskin play. I do think there is that chance. I just don't, I don't think it's going to be a low enough, even with the way refs call it. They know the history between these teams this year, especially even in the past. I think they're going to call a tighter game. And I think there will be more penalties dished out. And I do believe that amassed with Rask um, because their power play numbers also go up against Rask. I think that is what is really going to be decided. If, that's what the Capitals are going to want to do. That will be yeah. their aim. If the Bruins can back off of it, and this is why I personally would not play Frederick. Uh, if they want to back, if they can figure out how to control themselves and back off of that and not play into the Capitals' hands, I think Boston has a good chance in this series. But I just find it really hard to believe especially with the makeup with Bergeron and Posterick, I don't see them being able to resist that kind of series. I mean, and I think that takes away from them. It's really the dilemma. I think for the Bruins is, do you, is, do you try to 
is do you try to play rough around the boards? You try to play tough on the blue, tough at the blue lines to try to get shake the Capitals' offense off their rhythm, or do you back off a bit because you know that if you get into power play into a power play game, you're likely to lose this game. I think that's one of the things that I think about, particularly with the Bruins' defense, because like the Bruins defensively is that you don't want to give the Capitals those five on four, f- four on three. Yeah, they're very good. Situations. Their defense actually, I think by the numbers is better five on five than the Islanders. They have let, they have allowed fewer goals five on five than the Islanders, but their penalty kill is not nearly as good. Um, and so I really think it's going to come down to the style of the series. If the series becomes mm. a higher penalty series, it's going to swing capitals. And I just think there's a much higher chance of that being the style of the series, which is so why I'm getting caps and six. I guess like before predictions really is that, I mean, is that I kind of want to ask you though, is when you look at the Bruins offense versus the capitals defense, which is like, I mean, no one's talking about how the Capitals' defense is it's kind of intriguing because I think it's better. It's played better, especially when you consider how Chara's helped that defense. But it's it's one of the questions is is maybe is really is they they open up the window or open up the door for those opportunities for those scoring chances more so than I think a typical. I mean, really a top defense would. Oh, no. and I per- First of all, their penalty kill is amazing. Let's point that out. Their, their penalty kill, even if their defensive struggle, their penalty kill has been very good. Carl Haglin defensively nicked out. They have very yeah. good off uh, defensive uh, forwards. And so yeah. their penalty kill is very good. So that's another reason I think they benefit in the power play game. But I don't disagree, but I do think they're, penalty their defense is better than even the year they won the cup because they don't necessarily has as strong as a first pairing as they did when they had Carlson and Kempney but I think the depth through the defense is better they now have a real third pairing in Jensen and Chara and whatever the way also yeah and the way you and the way you that's been a big thing who is Schultz going to play with he's played throughout the season with Carlson and Orlov I personally Carl's by the numbers Carlson's best line mate has been Schultz, but that has detracted from Orlov's um, or the second pairing Orlov then being paired with Dylan. And I think that's been a big thing. Like, because then the other thing is Orlov's best pairing has actually been with Jensen, but then any other guy besides Jensen has played with Chara has not been as good. And so it's really coming. How are we, we are going to take a hit on one of these lines. Just the way they're yeah. structured, we can't get the three best pairings the way they fit. We got to pick two. Do we pick the bottom two for depth and have the upper one be a little more susceptible, but have that higher offensive power, which I do believe is what they're going to end up going with, as opposed to Schultz nope. with him and Dylan with Orlov. And, and I, I think, think they I think have when, that. I think that when this series particularly, and this is what I'm, this is one of the things that is kind of like leaning into my prediction a bit is the Bruins have found scoring depth. It's not like a top line of Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand is, and nobody else. It's they have now ever since they acquired Taylor Hall. Yeah, I was it's, actually it's just going to say the it's Taylor been, Hall thing is Hall. a very is a very big thing. He, as we we both predicted, was if Taylor yeah. Hall takes that more of a backseat, not necessarily backseat, but whatever, he can really fit in here and get his career back. And I really think he's done that. It's been a very small sample size. Yeah. 
but I also think he's lucky going from the worst team in the East to the Bruins. Um, but no, I and think it'll be a very really... close series, but I do think they have depth. So, and so that's, I... sorry, one last thing. That's yeah. why I said, I thought they, I think they're going to go with the stronger two bottom pairs versus mm-hmm. the strongest top pairing. Cause then that me- mixes every, all three of the lines up is because, because of that depth, I think you might see in different series, different shakeups of that defensive pairing based on what they feel they need. And for the depth of the Bruins, I do believe they're going to go with a stronger depth uh, lineup for their, for their defense. The question really becomes because they've had Carlson's been out. And before that it was Schultz. And so Van Riemsdyk has been playing a lot recently while he hadn't before. And he's looked pretty good. Now the question is going to become, what do you do? Personally, I would take out Dylan. Everyone's crazy about Dylan, but I really think he's been the weakest defenseman on the team. Um, I think he's benefited from pairings. I think he's, I really ultimately think he's the biggest liability on that team. I think they should keep Van Riemsdyk in and I would go Schultz, Carlson, Orla, Van Riemsdyk, Jensen, Char. And I think that would be their best pairing, but I don't see Laviolette doing that. I just, for some reason, I don't because of the fact that Van Riemsdyk was the odd man out most of the year. Um, yeah, it seems more likely that they would they would keep Van Riemsdyk just in case for injuries, which like could it's possible. Uh, but yeah, I I it's it's going to be interesting to see what Laviolette Laviolette honestly it's almost like he could be his worst enemy in this situation. I, and I where, that's that's the biggest advantage I have I have when I when I imagine it. Okay, what sways this way? What sways that way? One of the biggest things that I think sways the Bruins way is Laviolette's tinkering, his over tinkering, his over, over, overthinking, overthinking of things, I think might be the biggest thing in the favor of the Bruins. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's a few things that, and this is why, I mean, my prediction will be, would be Bruins in seven. It's going to be a great series, just a, a ton of, a ton of, just like, like the um, Battle of Florida, just a ton of great games, some high scoring, some low scoring. My fear with Levula is what he, who he starts in net. I don't know what, I don't know the situation yet. And the, What's what I worry about is if he starts Samson up in game one or games one and two, and those games are high scoring and they the Bruins just get in his head where it can hurt his confidence for the series for the rest of the series down the road. I don't see that being the big the big deal. I I ultimately see uh love I think I don't know if this is where you're going, but yeah. if those for if he Samson, I don't this is the crazy thing. Last year, we knew the COVID protocols and how many tests you had to have in a row, like with the NFL, how many pop negative tests with the NHL, they haven't given that to us. So we don't actually have a timetable of when Samsonov can come back, but if he can come back for Saturday and he chooses to play him Saturday and it's a higher scoring game, let's call it four, three, even. Okay. Let's not say it gets out of control, but let's say it's like a four, three game. I don't know if that'll mess with Samsonov's uh, uh, mindset. I think it might mess with Laviolette's head. I think Laviolette might be, ah, oh, maybe Vanacek could have done better that game. And then he starts doing this, this back and forth. Yeah. And I think that would kill. And I think that leads into my theory of, I think this series honestly might come to what does Peter Laviolette decide to do? I, yeah, I also do think that the 
I mean, the Bruins, the Bruins are going to have to match the Capitals offense. I think what helps the Bruins is they, their, their defense is healthy at the right time. And particularly some of those defensemen, I mean, Charlie McAvoy kind of leads, leads the club, his heads and shoulders about the rest of that defense in terms of both offensive and defensive ability. I think the the Bruins defense being healthy now not only creates turnovers in uh in the capital zones, they create this, the odd man rushes the other way, they create scoring chances the other way, and also in the offensive zone, create that scoring presence from the point. I I mean, particularly I think is is if the Capitals can try to get on the I think Capitals want to slow down the game a bit, these games get a bit because if the Capitals get not they've odd given man up rushing, they've given up their speed ability. Um I actually wanted yeah. to touch on this and I forgot was yeah. Um, since the trade for Vrana, they're only players who have that breakaway ability that, that steal that turnover breakaway chance ability is that fourth yeah. line. Really? It happens other places, but it's really that fourth line with, with Haglin, you'd say a bit, but it really depends yeah. on who he's paired with, but it's more the Haglin line. You see Haglin get the most breakaways. And the thing is, he doesn't have the ability to convert those is the thing he's yeah. got the he's that's why one of the reasons he's great on the penalty kill though, because you don't necessarily need to convert those, but that takes big time off of, off of the opponent's power play. But in real game, he gets them too, but you just like one happened tonight and I'm like, cool. He got a breakaway on five on five. So it's this, not in going in series. In this type of series against the Bruins defense, they can turn those odd man rushes, which the Capitals have, into breakaway chances the other way. And that's a concern. That's also a concern I had I would have if I were the Capitals, particularly that's why if, like, I think they will turn it into a very chippy, yeah, grinding series. And they I think want to that... slow the series down, I think. They I want to slow down the pace of the play. See, I, I wouldn't call it that because sometimes you see these chippy games actually not mm-hmm. be slow. They're very fast, but they're very mucky. They're very, they're very. And so I think that's what it's going to be. I don't think they want to slow it down. I think they want mm-hmm. to muddy the waters is what I think. I think that slowing it down actually, like actually slowing the pace of the game down actually benefits um, benefits the Bruins because the Capitals like to play a very heavy game that is moderately paced. That is moderately paced because they're not slow, but they're they're not fast. And I think they like that good paced game that is very hit that is very hit oriented. They want to get 20, 20, 25, 30 hits a game. They want to they want to be get quick the Bruins. things. They want to get the Bruins in the penalty box also. Yes. It's a big factor of this game. So, so I think it's going to be very hit centric in the boards. I think it's going to be a lot of chip and chase because mm-hmm. that's when you get a lot yeah. of opportunities for those trippings. If let's say this, I can imagine this definitely happened multiple times. Mm-hmm. Wilson makes a, makes a chip up the boards or someone on his line makes a chip up the boards. He goes in to get it. Uh, there's a hit laid and then a trip. Those are those are very common trips. Is those chip and chase? One the the offense in yeah. the, gets tripped by the defenseman, stopping him from trying to get that chipped in puck. And I think it'll be a lot of that, and I think you'll get penalties there. So I think it will be a moderately paced. I don't think it'll be a super fast fast paced game. I think that leans yeah. Boston, but I also think a slow paced game leans Boston. I think 
there's a sweet spot that most games do generally play in that they want on dump-ins and stuff and on entries, they want those hit on the entries by the blue line or down in the corners and get the puck out quick. And I don't want to get the puck out quick and then go back and forth doing that as opposed to a, what most people consider a fast game, which is one team sets up and then there's a big breakaway the next way and comes back. I don't think it'll be that. I think it'll be played a lot between the blue lines and a game that is played a lot between the blue lines, I think favors Washington as opposed to Boston. I mean, it's so interesting because I was thinking defensively that favors the Bruins, but I, so yeah, I'll pick uh, your prediction is capitals and seven, right? I, I, I pick Bruins and seven. I think you, you think <sighs> on leaning it, capitals. And seven. It's hard because I don't like making this prediction because we have no idea the health, but with the condition of Oshi, uh, Carlson coming back and Ilya being able to play by game three, let's say, I don't know if they will play him, but being eligible to play by game three i would call capitals in seven but so you're okay there are a lot of factors so yeah you ask me what the odds are that all those conditions happen i think it makes it a coin toss this series has so many factors also on the ice that i think will determine who wins this who wins this series but i mean it's just going to be exciting to watch all like the playoffs are or finally, like I'm almost just been waiting for the playoffs. I mean, kind of like some teams have been just waiting for the playoffs to to start. And this is like we finally got. I I don't know what. Uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be awesome to watch these games. I think it is. Um, I think I think in this first round, at least out of these four, we've got a couple really good ones. We got the Capitals and the Bruins. We have the Lightning and the Panthers. And Peng, even Penguins and Islanders, because the Islanders have been good. I think the worst yeah. series is Carolina and the Predators, because I think no one's calling the Predators number in that in that yeah. series. I think the I think the only surprise thus far would be if the would be if the Predators pull the upset. I don't think anyone yeah. would be surprised if, if the, the Islanders, Islanders won. Yeah. You'd be like, people would be surprised, not astounded. Like it'll be, oh yeah. wow, okay, they pulled it off. But it won't be if the Predators win, it's going to be holy hell, what happened kind of thing if the Predators beat the Hurricanes, you know, so so it'll be very interesting to see. Um, And then once the North and the West shake out, we'll definitely we'll just dive right in. Those are also going to be fun to talk about and to think about. Uh, Yeah. Next week, we've got um, the North has concluded earlier tonight. that's going to be Oilers, Jets, and Toronto. Yeah. Montreal, I believe. The other division has not quite finished up because the top three teams are within a couple points of each other. Um, so I, I we'll talk about those most mainly is going to be what we're going to be talking about next week. And yeah. just one, one thing to leave off with, uh, at least for me, um, is – Earlier in the year, I thought Winnipeg was a very well-rounded team who could challenge anyone. Last 10 or 12 games um, might be in trouble. Uh, You got anything to leave off with? I kind of, yeah. On the closing statement of that is, we're going to dive into the Jets more intensely next week, is there are two things. I mean, we kind of mentioned Nikolai Ehlers a few weeks ago, and we didn't know how big a deal it would be. I think we're kind of seeing that. I think we're also maybe seeing a little bit uh, 
as uh, a little bit of these teams that are just waiting for the playoffs. To, the Jets might have been one of those where it's like once they got in, it was like we're in now. We can that now we can deal with our our opponent, which will be the Oilers anyway. I mean, the issue becomes there that oftentimes comes back to bite teams that yeah. that sitting on your haunches for a week or two because you're like, cool, we're in. Um, yeah, it often comes back to bite people, so we'll have to see. And you you really wonder which teams are gonna be fine with that in mind. I yeah, I, I don't know any other any other things to to end off with. I don't I don't not I don't know. really. Um, looking forward to the playoffs. Can't wait to talk about the uh the way the rest of the playoff seating shakes out next week. Um, and thanks for watching. All right, thank you for listening. We'll uh we'll tune tune in next week when we dive in more to the playoffs.